Live at Five. Quitting time on your Wednesday, 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith back with you. Bear, Marcus, Chloe all hanging out here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It's time for your top five at five. Marcus, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, SEC Tournament Basketball starts today at 7 p.m. Ole Miss and South Carolina will face off later tonight. will be tonight. LSU and Georgia will play. The winner of Ole Miss and South Carolina will face Tennessee tomorrow at 3.30 on the SEC Network. We will be at Jets Pizza getting ready to watch the game. It's 3 or 3.30-ish. It's the second game. So somewhere in there the game will be starting. I'll be at Jets around 3 p.m. Don't forget, no show tomorrow. So come on out and join us. Watch the game. We'll be doing a late voluntary reaction Later tomorrow evening, Davey and I have some scheduling conflicts, so uh, we'll try and we'll, we'll get on 7.30-ish, maybe even closer to 8. But uh, we will have some post-game for you just a little bit later. But come watch the game with us. Tomorrow, Jets Pizza in Farragut. Big screen TVs, pizza, wings, cold beer. Pitchers. Everything you need. You're pushing P tomorrow. Be there. It's going to be great. At number two, Syracuse basketball coach Jim Boheim hints at retirement. <laughs> it sounds like I, I feel like you guys are calling Jimbo Heim. Who? Jimbo Heim. Jimbo Heim. Why are you looking at me? The bear, bear is thoroughly confused right now. He doesn't know what? where he is. <laughs> Say that again, Marcus. Syracuse coach Jim Boheim. It's Jim Boheim. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was like honoring TJ, who's clearly ripping on him. You you, you thought it was. I Bohan. really did. I thought, thought it was Bohan. Bohan. Wow. All right. Guy's only won two national championships. Yeah, he's also kind of a jerk. Show him a little respect, or don't, don't. I won't. Just trash him. Okay. You do you, Marcus Young. He uh, hinted that Wednesday's loss to Wake Forest in the ACC tournament could have been his last game after 47 seasons. As coach of the Orange. 47 seasons. Okay, here. I was in first grade when... Uh, I was negative five years old. I don't even know if my parents had met yet. 47 years? The quote, I gave my retirement speech last week and nobody picked up on it. After his 77-74 to loss to the Demon Deacons. He also said, quote, this is up to the university. Uh-huh. Yeah. What does that mean? Because he, I don't think he really wants to retire. He's he's just, he's hit a wall this year. Have you, have you seen any of Well, they haven't been good for a while. No, and, and he's he's continued to act like they, they were still, like, winning. He's becoming a crotchety old man. Yeah, I mean, he's just... Treating people is that bad. a word? Crotchety. Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's a crusty old he, man. He's become Clint Eastwood up on the porch maybe in maybe Grand Torino. All the racism part of that. At number three, Alabama's Brandon Miller finally has a public 
comment on the shooting situation that happened on the Tuscaloosa Strip, calling it really heartbreaking, talking about how he uh, said, I, I never lose sight of the fact that the family has lost a loved one that night. This whole situation is just really heartbreaking. Respectfully, that's all I'm going to be able to say on that. Um, he went full Forrest Gump. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I didn't murder that poor girl. Well, the other thing, too, is his his attorney has said that he brought the gun but didn't touch it. Yeah. Didn't supply it, I think is what he said. And then also he didn't know that any illegal activities was going to be used with the gun. It's in the text. He yeah. let him know that it was loaded with one in the pipe. He knew, he knew his buddy was he, beefing with somebody. The buddy asked him to bring the gun. And he let him know where it was in the car, according to the text, his own words. Well, and, in, and he's going to. In the pipe. I don't think he's going to. Anything's going to happen to him. And, you know, whether it should or should not, I mean, under the law, you can't. it's going to be difficult to prove intent. I don't no. know. Maybe, maybe the text is enough to prove intent. It's it's very likely, like you and I know, I, I think anybody who reads those texts and then you, you match up the timeline with what his actions were, you you kind of, yeah, he, he, he most you definitely should've. knew what was going on there. He didn't pull the trigger, but to, sit, to suggest that he didn't know, I mean, that's that's laughable, but whether they can prove it in a court of law, I mean, he's not being charged with anything. Well, so. no, and I, I'm not even talking about that, but it, it was just like, just just know, Mr. Miller, we all know, you know, may not be able to prove it in a court of law, but. At number four, uh, Calvin Ridley makes a, a public comment now after his suspension has been finished. Speaking of bammers gone wild. What's old Cal saying these days? He said he gambled on football during a period where he was depressed and angry. Called it stupid and the worst mistake of his life. Said that he was not in a good place after leaving the Atlanta Falcons to concentrate on his mental health when he downloaded a gambling app depositing $1,500 to bet on the NBA and the NFL. I know whenever I get the blues, you know what I do? Big gambling spree. Throw a lot of money down on some football Sporting events it always makes me feel better. You know what? You know what this sounds like to me <laughs> Actually, is is like he's going through the motions and saying the things that the the suits want to hear him say. But he's like he's no different than the rest of us. Every damn one of us. Most people listening to the sound of my voice right now have any number of apps on their phone. It's something that goes on all the time now. Fantasy football, you know, all this different stuff. He just got caught. How many NFL guys do you think gamble on football? Percentage, like on pro games? Yeah. I don't know. I think it, I'd probably be... 50%, 20%? I'd say closer to 20. I think it happens. I don't, just don't think everyone does it. Uh, here's his quote. How did he get caught? I don't know. Like, I can't remember. Tax returns or something? Or no. Like, I mean, why would they... Didn't... I thought maybe he, like, had tweeted something about I the Falcons game. Jags minus six tonight. No, I don't think it was that, that specific. Somebody, I mean, they watch those guys. Everybody, I mean, you have to. You know, Vegas is always watching. Yeah, because uh, I think he was hurt while it happened. Uh, but here's his quote on the on the matter. I just effed up, period. In a dark moment, I made a stupid mistake. I wasn't trying to cheat the game. 
That's the thing I want to make clear. At the time, I had been away from the team for about a month. I was just, uh, I was still just so depressed and angry, and the days were so long. I was just looking for anything to take my mind off of things and yeah, make my day go faster. My whole deal was, don't act like Calvin Ridley's Pete Rose. He wasn't. He was on injured reserve. wasn't around the facility. Well, the most notable thing is he's never denied this. He's no. owned it from day one. Yeah. So, I don't know. And finally, at number five, uh, Reese's, the delicious peanut butter chocolate cups that we mm-hmm. all know and love, uh, are planning on making uh, chocolate bars made from plants. Oh, my God. Why? Well, the Reese, We're running out Reese's, of chocolate. The Hershey Company said uh, Tuesday that Reese's plant-based peanut butter cups will be going on sale this month, and it will be the first vegan chocolate sold nationally. I mean, if if if, if all this is is they're trying to offer something for the for vegan people that enjoy, you know, they can't enjoy regular Reese's. Uh, they because they have to make it with oats instead of milk. Vegans don't. Oh, milk chocolate. Yeah, they don't. Okay. Conti- they don't consume anything that is of animal or produced by an animal. Oh, I know. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, I know. I had my cousin, what like came to visit Knoxville and was like, "Hey, do you know any good like vegetarian or vegan places?" And I'm like, "No, no, I don't." I live in Knoxville, <laughs> Tennessee. See me? There like are. Food. There are a couple. There's... Wait, what did you just say? Huh? What was that? I, ca- I caught that. It was something ugly. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do I look like a vegan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't see too many like burly vegans. No, that's true. You know, no. We had an offensive lineman a couple of years ago who was—I don't know if he's yeah. vegan, but he's vegetarian. And Cody he got, Pope. He got he got blown off the line quite a bit, from what I remember. Well, okay. I, I don't I don't know how good he was, but he was still three hundred plus pounds. He would have been a lot better if he'd been eating, been on the program like everybody else. There's um, I believe the Titans have. An offensive or defensive lineman who's, who's a vegan? Yeah, it's more common than you would think nowadays. Like, I completely understand, like, vegetarians. Vegan, I think, is that's where I couldn't. I would like to throw out there, too. They have said that the plant based versions will cost more. Yeah, Daquan Jones from the Titans and Wesley Woodyard were vegans. I mean, they'll live forever. Um, Tom Brady, Cam Newton. Have you ever so. been to a vegetarian restaurant, Marcus? Unfortunately. It's when brutal, he came to visit, it's, it was rough. Yeah, it's absolutely I brutal. Just, are you not tempted to ask? Because you know the waiters are super like into that lifestyle. Would you oh, be yeah. tempted to mess with them and be like, hey, man, what? I, I know that uh, I, I'm just here with my, my girlfriend or family or whatever. What's a man got to do to get a rack of ribs around here? Like, You, you got something back there, right? You if I if I slip you a twenty, you run up the street and get me a hamburger or something. No, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't do that. I worked in one that uh, the the fryers were for vegetables only. You weren't allowed to put any animal like any yeah. meat in it. I of course didn't realize. You know, never even thought about it. <laughs> it was Throw late. some chicken nuggets in there or something. Yeah, some fried shrimp. But, uh, Did you tell anybody? Well, yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, they they saw me doing it. Oh, <laughs> what, if, if they like, hadn't, if they hadn't seen you, would you have like gotten the shrimp out, eaten them, and then not told anybody? Not a soul. 
Not a soul. And nobody like would have been none the wiser. You don't think a vegan could have eaten their fried tofu or whatever that come back and be like, with their nutritional I yeast. taste meat. Oh, they now, now I sent something. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. Do you think, since we've been watching The Last of Us, do you think vegans just won't last in an apocalypse like that? I think they'd be better set up to to eating roots and ramps and veg, you know stuff like that and foraging. But I feel like you know if you hit winter time, unless you've stocked up properly, eh, you might run out. I'm looking to take over like my local standard... food city and become like a like a yeah. like a small warlord. Well, in the event of the zombie apocalypse, your just standards are gonna it's gonna be rough, man. You meet a lot of soil and green, and just scavenging. I'm built for it, bro. No, you're, no you're not. not. Yeah. You are not. No, you'd, you'd struggle. Of the three of us, I feel like if Russell. If I get my hands on any kind of stash of canned food, I'll be set. What are you going to do when the Raiders He's come bad. after you and steal your, your hoard? We'll steal my hoard. Are you going you gonna to beat up the the entire crew of Mad Max, Fury Road, 50 guys come and storm your, your place with bombs and guns and nightclubs and like uh, scimitars and stuff, and I'll go down you're, you're just so tough. You're just so strong. No. You're gonna hold. You're gonna hold on I'll, to all your stuff. Come on, dude. I'll go down we're swinging. About, we're talking about the zombie. Yeah, you'll go down. You'll go down. I'll your shoot your last thoughts will be, oh no, they're gonna get all my kid food. And what will he sound like when he's falling? <laughs> uh, That's not it. As you're bleeding out, <sighs> some dude, some dude dressed up like one of the road warriors is eating your last can of beans right in front of you, just disrespectfully. I'm just saying, I don't know about all that, but, like, I could live off canned food. I've done it in the past. He he would be like Bill from The Last of Us. Like, he would stock up. Not that part. <laughs> I saw that look in your eyes. <laughs> what look? <laughs> you don't even know what I'm thinking, Marcus. You take it there, man. Don't make it weird. Tony Vitello coming up here in six minutes. The Top 5 at 5 is brought to you by Jets Pizza. We will be there tomorrow, 3 p.m., for the Tennessee Basketball Watch Party. Hopefully, we'll be played South Carolina, and we can just relax and shoot the breeze in a lighthearted manner while Tennessee bludgeons the Gamecocks for the umpteenth time in a row. Josiah Jordan-James loves playing South Carolina. Julian Phillips loves playing against South Carolina. And I believe we've got another Carolina guy coming in next year. Cam Carr, I think, is from South Carolina. So we'll keep that pipeline tapped into the future. And uh, hopefully things go well. 11-124 Kingston Pike is the address right next to the shrimp dock. Don't know if they have any vegan fryers in there. I know they don't at Jet's Pizza. If you're vegan, you're welcome to come hang out. But You know, they close, like, yeah. the companies that come and – pick up the waste oil from vegetarian restaurants like they closely guard that stuff it's high dollar that's what they make biofuel out of do you wish you had uh i have a friend who had a car that ran on that stuff i always smelled funny i didn't it smelled like french fries it's no it just smelled weird it was like not good it was not pleasant smell oh um some kind of volkswagen i had a uh a 1983 like Mercedes Turbo Diesel, like 300. It was, it was like it was ran on set. vegetable oil. It could have, 
But before I could get it converted over to that, like a 100-foot red oak tree fell on it and crushed it. It still ran. I sold it back to Mercedes. Sister Jean is at the game for the... God bless her. She's looking very old. Yeah. yeah she wow. Does. She look, the picture going around here of her and then Gene Hackman, did you see when he was spotted this week? Damn, dude, he's like 98. I he hope looks I look like, that good. Remember the, the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt? <laughs> that, he looks like that guy. I almost bit. didn't recognize him. He looked rough. I like to see how we're going to look at 98. I plan on getting there. Feels I'm, like 98. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, but not, you know. Eat some of those vegan Reese's cups. How about that? Improve your chances. Eating vegan or vegetarian. You think that ta- is that taste? Would you try a Reese's vegan cup? I brought them in. Hey, Bear, here's a Reese's. I'd probably yeah. Vegan Reese's cup. I'd try enough of it to see what it was all about. Yeah. Some of those like vegetarian type stuff. Flory, you are you into the difference. vegan thing? No. Would you try a Reese's vegan cup? I'd try it. I'd try it. Yeah. I'd try it just to, I would try it with absolutely no expectations. It would just be like, this is not going to be good. All that stuff, it has that weird, t- just like it tastes the way uh, Whole Foods smells, you know? It's just got that <laughs> weird, weird, you, it, it, that, and it's too an healthy. aftertaste, like you eat it and then you taste it in your mouth yeah. for the rest of the day. And there's there's some, some couple that looks like they exercise like 24 <laughs> hours a day, seven days a week. Goes, it's really good, isn't it? There's always a guy in that aisle in running shorts. Hey, I've, I've received a communique from uh, Cody McClure. Are we doing that thing where you just start reading texts that you're getting from your friends on the show? Well, no, that's, it's that's Cody. The part he's, he's um, you know, we were referencing him, but he said that uh, he said that uh, he saw the picture of Sister Jean and said she looks like Keith Richards' mom. When we continue, we'll be joined by the head baseball coach at the University of Tennessee for some reason. He's, he's actually going to be on this show. Tony Vitello coming up next right here on The Drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back. The Drive continues. Russell Bear back with you. Wednesday afternoon edition of the show. And we go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where Tennessee head baseball coach Tony Vitello standing by. Tony, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Oh, not too shabby. Um, finished a, a long workout today and, and trying to cover some things that have popped up recently in games. And we're trying to get ourselves ready for SEC play. Not too far away, but Moorhead State is first. So that's where our focus is for Friday. So you lose a tough one last night in extra innings. I'm sure you guys feel like you should have won. What kind of mood is it coming back to the ballpark today? Are you are you steaming? Are you trying to? It's a new group. We're doing a ruffle any you know ego trying to build these guys up. What's the approach here? No, it's it's not it's not a good one. Um, you know, I, I think some of the lessons learned from last night's games are ones that have popped up in a few of the others, uh, even in games we've won. Uh, so that's where some frustration comes in, but. You know, really, if, if you break it down, if, if um, we do one thing differently that it requires no skill, uh, we, we win the game. And then everyone's celebrating, and Boston College's are, their RPI is going to be off the charts at the end of the year. And you get a positive. So that's how small the, the margin is. And, um, you know, I, I think it's good that everyone's a little bit sour. I mean, now's the time to be sour rather than 
six games into SEC play, we're not happy with how the whole first two weekends went uh, because of some of the things that we could have corrected. Um, you know, and, and we got to set the tone as coaches, and, and maybe I did that today, but uh, it was a grunt day, and they were a little tired at the end of the thing, and we still had to lift weights. Uh, tomorrow we'll get a little bit more uh, relaxed in the, in the repetition front or on the repetition front and maybe talk about some of those things and also talk about getting ready for more head state. We were watching your post-game press conference before the show today, and you had a – obviously, you know, you're just lost. You're, you're pissed off, probably don't want to be answering a bunch of questions. But there was a, there were a couple of comments about, um, you know, it's, it's what's in your chest. Uh, you got to want to win, stuff like that. Is there – you know, you're missing Drew Gilbert, Jordan Beck, a couple of other guys who won a lot of games. Is there a, a level of, hey, guys, we got to want it like we've wanted it in the past? Yeah, I, I think a little different. I see where you're going, and, and it makes sense, uh, but sincerely, a little different. It's more about, um, you know, having that level of determination to get the job done, uh, which means kind of knowing little ins and outs of, of things that pop up in a game that competitive or very similar was the one at Grand Canyon where there's a lot of tension, fans are going crazy, there's a lot of excitement, umpires, coaches talking back and forth you got to have your level of determination matched with a little bit of composure. And, and so it's more of a style uh, of competitiveness and a little bit better execution. But the, the, the want to is there. There's, there's no doubt about that. But the, the execution of it and the adjustments in some of the areas we've talked about to date uh, are something that is, is kind of weighing on my brain when I'm in those cages just trying to put together sentences, you know. Well, and, yeah, and, uh, you know, you've got the infield part of it down. It seems like you're very comfortable with, with Charlie Taylor and Cal Stark. So, I mean, like that that kind of – that stuff is all set as you thought it would be coming into the season. Um, you know, a dozen or so games in, you knew – you told us before the season, look, we're going to throw a bunch of different outfield combinations out there in Arizona. Uh, you're mm-hmm. still doing that. Is is Do you feel like that's close to being resolved, or is it still just kind of – where it was before the season. No, I think it's still open. And, um, you know, that can be looked at by anybody, not just our players, as a negative or a positive. And, and the positive I keep harping on is we have options. Um, the, the one thing that's out there, again, positive or negative, depending on who the player is, is do you, do you want to lock it down or not? Do you, do you want to take ownership of something? Um, and, and we've had guys before that, um, I, I don't know that Max Ferguson maybe comes to mind when Luke Lipsius was out. He became our first baseman. He, the way he played, he didn't give us another option. Um, again, I think for any sport, what you want to do is what you have control over as an athlete and force the coach to bring you on the trip or put you on the field or get you on the mound. Uh, and if he doesn't, then I don't know, that, that, that's his bad. But, or maybe you got a lot of talented players like we did last year, but for now, there is a gross amount of innings to be earned out there in the outfield or at bats, and we're looking for someone to lock it down. Um, so I, I think really what that requires is, is some of those things I was talking about in the cage is just a little bit of better, better execution in certain areas. We don't need to morph anybody into a much better athlete or change anyone's swing or anything like that. Is the pitching about where you thought it would be? I mean, you bring all those guys back and – um, particularly on the weekend, it's been pretty dominant. Yeah, Camden Sewell uh, will, will be back. He threw to some hitters today. Wyatt Evans 
probably a week or two behind him. Uh, but when you got the whole lot of them together, it's a little easier to size them all up. And I, I like where it's at. One thing we have done with the outfield, you know, that we were speaking on is we have kind of, you know, it would help some guys to settle into a certain spot in the lineup and position in the outfield. But we've tried to, you know, do different things with reason. And then same thing on the mound is there's a few guys that have only thrown short amount of innings, you know, or one inning at a time. And the starters, you know, have had a short leash. So when the whole group is together, knock on a lot of wood with Wyatt and Sewell, in there and everyone's kind of got their feet under him a little bit like Joyce and Halby who hadn't pitched in quite some time. Uh, I think the group will be even better than it has been to date. Some questions from the audience here. Uh, Chris wants to know what are your thoughts on the pitch clock so far? How's that changed things up? You know, it, it's sped up the game. Um, I'm not watching on TV, so I don't know if that means I would tune I'm more likely to tune in because the game's going faster or not. Um, I think there's one, we'll, we'll leave it, uh, in silence for now. I think there's one little flaw in there, uh, that we're going to try and expose in our favor in the next couple weekends. Um, but overall, um, it hasn't been as big of an issue as I maybe thought it was. I just think it's uncomfortable when a hitter can't call timeout, which they've adjusted that a little bit to now. So I guess the Christian Moore thing in Arizona where he called time repeatedly and wouldn't be granted because he wasn't allowed to, they've, they've kind of adjusted that situation. Uh, you just have to use one of your offensive timeouts when that happens. So um, I think there's worse things going on in our game, and uh, there's probably a better thing that could be suggested in order to, to knock out some time. Maybe replays could go faster. Uh, but I get the intent, and, and you know, it's it's been okay since it's been a part of this year's uh, season. Uh, Brad wants to know, what is the best chirp of the season so far? Has there been any, I guess that would be from our crowd at home, have, have, any particularly good trash talk you've heard <laughs> so far? You know, I don't know. I was having a hard time figuring out if the guy over our dugout that had too many beverages uh, was, was getting on them or, or me or our team or the umpire. It, it was confusing. So that guy stands out, but the slurs were so drastic that I can't tell you exactly what words he was saying. Um, you know, Grand Canyon was a really fun environment, uh, but but nothing in particular sticks out. I, I think last night got a little chippy, and uh, Coach Gambino, Paisan over there, he, he does a good job with Boston College, and you could see his concern. He didn't want his guys celebrating too much after the game or on the play that Cal Stark was hurt, but man, you, you got to be careful. You squeeze these kids in every area, they're going to pop, you know, and I, I think they, you earn the right to celebrate. If you make a play, you hit a homer or you win a game. And if, if we don't want people celebrating on our field at Lindsey Nelson stadium, then there's a pretty easy solution. You need to win the game. We'll circle back to the chirp thing after the LSU series. How about that? <laughs> That's more than fair. I think there'll be some, uh, <laughs> again, you got to interpret what somebody's saying at you, but there'll be a, uh, There'll be some fun tailgaters out there before, after, and, of course, during the game, too. Mary wants to know, I've always wanted to know what hair products he uses. Yes, I know it's a crazy <laughs> question. <laughs> it is, and um, so if I'm going to be super honest, I have fell victim to the sales pitch at the you know barber shop, and I don't have just one spot I go to. Uh, more than anything, I really like Frank, Frank Ambuza's place, but – I've bought product, but then I don't end up using it. Uh, part of that is more times than not, I've got a hat on. Yeah. 
but otherwise, I'll just kind of roll right out of the shower. Uh, and I don't even think I'm loyal to necessarily one shampoo. So uh, sorry to disappoint, uh, but trying trying to remain a little bit blue-collar, even though we're spoiled here in Tennessee. Sorry, Mary. He's keeping his uh, his routine a secret. I do notice <laughs> the beard is, is making return, slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah, you know um, – Arizona was, was frustrating. And, and so we got a fresh start or I did, uh, w- when I came back, of course you get, you break your jaw. Uh, that's not a good start to the trip. And then we wanted to win two games out there. And again, we were oh so close. I mean, these guys are right on it and, and they're capable of doing great things. Coach Elander was just in here and we were discussing things and he's a recruiting coordinator and he's pretty level headed and he really has confidence in this group. The thing, if we're going to be fair, and this is just two dudes, you know, having a beer or a coffee talking, it's not me trying to get sympathy or trying to sway the fans or the media. The thing that kind of messes it up is that ranking deal. Mm. And I I truly feel it's insane to have, I don't think that there's any way it's ever happened before where someone replaces every starting position player and they're ranked in the top five. It, It just doesn't make any sense. So, if this thing evolves into what we want it to be, or let's say we go on a nice little run again for a handful of games, instead of it saying, man, we, we've started off the first half of the season went well, we learned some lessons, we're making progress. You know, you kind of have that in the back of your head, right or wrong. Well, yeah, we're doing good by our standards, but by the media standards, if you're number two, you should kind of run the gamut a little bit. Um, so it's an interesting underlying theme that we need to deal with. And again, no sympathy. It's not anyone's problem, but ours, but it's definitely something that's uh, a part of our journey here this year. Well, one thing that is going swimmingly right now is, is your first baseman. Blake Burke is, (laughs) I mean, that it's unbelievable, Tony. Uh, I asked the question on Twitter over the weekend. uh, Sorry for if I'm putting uh, too much pressure on the young man here, but I mean, he's on a Helton-esque pace right now it's unbelievable yeah. he's mashing yeah and Todd has actually reached out to me about him and I, I figure that's from people comparing his swing or talking about him and um it, 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 he's worthy of it um he's highly skilled it's interesting to see how far he's come especially in that group of you know normally you kind of about the top 100 players maybe ish um, or at least the top 50 or 70 that make it to college. He's in that group, but he's not in the elite. Well, hard work and just a lot of aptitude has put him in the elite. But my favorite thing about the kid is any of these, you know, we got such a good following now. Little kids like our team, and they come watch, and there's teams sitting in the stands sometimes. People that play baseball need to watch how he plays. He plays it perfect. He's super competitive. Uh, but he's having fun. He's relaxed. Everything he does is natural. Um, last night he had no business going to third base <laughs> on a ball down the line. But he, he wants to win, and uh, he thinks highly of himself. He just needs to know he's he's pretty slow. But uh, he really plays the game the right way, and it's a joy to watch him do well because he deserves every ounce of success that, that he has. So was that a player decision to go for three in the in the ninth last night, or was I mean, was that? Uh... Well, if if you watch the video, Coach Elander's holding him up uh, right from the get go, because if you get the second base with nobody out, you'd like to think you could move the runner with a bunt or just hit the ball to the right side of the field. 
Um, so, you know, at times I used to coach third base. Our fans, for the most part, I was joking about our one guy. Our <laughs> fans so far are unique in the SEC. They're positive. They're starting to really know the game. Um, it can get toxic if you got fans that just want to gripe or take out their frustrations they have outside of the game on our players or our coaches. And by all means, if you pay for a ticket, voice your opinion. But a lot of times when a guy gets thrown out at third or at home or picked off, it's it's not what the coach did, it's what the player did. And then it could be vice versa, too. We might send a guy just to be aggressive or because we have the scouting report on an outfielder. Um, now, in this case, Blake should not have gone. He went, gets thrown out, and then with yeah. replay, uh, he's safe. So that's that's the nature of a close game. All kinds of hokey things can happen. And that's why it's fun to talk about baseball. You could say one play cost us the game or could have won us the game. But at the end of the day, man, you look back, Boston College earned it and we didn't. And uh, I hope uh, it's a lesson well learned. All right, Coach, a little jam or not a jam. We'll let you run. Is that cool? That sounds good to me. All right. Bear, what do we got? All right, here we go. I feel like this is not the first time we've had Nickel back on Jam or Not a Jam with Coach. No, it, it's not. And at first, I kind of wanted to punch the guy in the face. Uh, maybe it's a carryover from last night. But then once <laughs> the kind of the hook gets going, it's like, well, I don't know why you wouldn't sing along. Uh, I know some people out there would disagree. It's not the most popular band. But uh, might as well jam it if you're in the car by yourself. Uh, uh, that's a band that the music store geeks will try and make you feel bad about if you like them. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. fair. I mean, because there's, that, like, like you say, a lot of people don't like him because a lot, a lot of people well, like a lot him. Of, well, and he's, he does, the singer has a very punchable face, but uh, <laughs> all their songs do kind of sound the same. Is but, it a jam or not a jam? It's a jam. Absolutely. You can't listen to that and not yeah. tap your foot. It's a jam. Wow. <laughs> Nickelback, a unanimous jam. We were just being three honest guys here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. I'm told this was a big hit last year, Coach. I'm not up on such things anymore, but uh, it's Harry Styles. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not either. I, I think girls really like Harry. Um, I did hear one interview he did, but uh, fortunately he did not sing that song during the interview because uh, I would have changed it. Not not a jam for me. I'm with you. I, I, I'll, I thought I was going to be Clint Eastwood up on the porch in Grand Torino here, uh, you know, whining <laughs> about the, the new songs. But, no, I'm with you, Coach. You get up here on the porch with me. That's uh, that's like some like 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 the Teen Magazine. What what was that? The Tiger Beat kind of music, Teeny Boppers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like back when we were, well, you really, guys are that's a what that is. Me. Huh? Okay, uh, just kind of like Teen. That's what I classify it as. Okay, well, a Schlock. unanimous, not a jam. Okay, no disagreement so far. Never thought I could act this way. I don't know where we went wrong, but 
Not good walk-up music here, Coach, but is it a jam? No, it's not. Yeah, in, in, the, in the right moment, uh, I don't know, for some reason you got candles in the house and all the lights off <laughs> walking around it. Maybe, maybe a jam. Okay. I'm at Lindsey Nelson Stadium, and uh, so I'm not going to jam that. I'm with you. That's um, I know that that's that '70s singer song, right? I think Bears all over this one, but uh, that is not my cup of tea either. I am really disappointed in both of you. <laughs> that is a jam. It's Lightfoot, guys. It's a jam yeah. banger. Okay, I mean, it's, we all don't have to like. Everything. No, we don't have to agree on this. It's jam or not a jam. It's healthy disagreement is a good thing. Okay. okay, so that was not a jam with me dissenting. Yes. All right, let's go. <laughs> I like it. What it is she wants. Whatever it is, she's got it. I remember. I remember when that was popular, but uh, I was I was not on the bandwagon. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold true to my past thoughts and not jam that. Yeah, I've a. I feel like we're not jamming a lot, but uh, I, I I can't lie. I trying to figure out some way I could say that's good. No. Not my cup of tea, Bear. <laughs> I'm jamming it. I thought the really? young lady had a pleasant voice. Who is that? I don't know. Yeah, I, neither I, one of you I, guys I looked know. at it before. I, I cannot remember. Yeah, I it's, mean, it It was a jam. I remember it sounds familiar to me. I mean, it's... Uh, Who is that, Chloe? Ariana Grande. Yeah. Oh. Young lady's got a good voice. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a jam. All right. Well, uh, Bear's dissenting two in a row here. We got one more? Yes, two more? we do. All right, one more. Uh, this might be more our generation. No, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I, I think it was on the single soundtrack. Oh, it was? Um, oh. Yeah, good movie. And I, I like the band, Tragic End, uh, to the band. But we used to box with Everlast Gloves in, in uh, my basement. And that Alice in Chains was not that song, but it was my walkout. So there's a little bit of history for you. Which but Alice? That's rooster? A long, that's a long <laughs> Yeah. Here comes the Rooster. Yeah. Really? No, no, it wasn't oh. Rooster. It was uh, Bones, Bones, Bones. Oh, Mem Bones, I think it is. But uh, that's that's way more info than anybody needs. I I am saying that I would jam that. Oh, absolutely. I think we're all in agreement here. I, the the darkness of that one. You, oh, you the, guys gets fist fight music. Yes, yeah, you got your Pearl Jam, your Soundgard, <laughs> and then Alice in Chains is over there, just brooding. That's, yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> seething exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a I picture Coach driving home after that game last night, just Allison Chains just uh, running over the Good place bones. in his head. <laughs> that was a uh, that was a drive home in silence. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, hope you have some more pleasant rides home this weekend. Morehead coming in for a three game series, and and then it's it's SEC play, Coach. It, it starts to get real. Yeah, no, it does, and it's it's already gotten that way, and and our guys have treated it uh, and such. Like I said, we're we're knocking on the door where we need to be, but uh, there's some work to be sprinkled in and a little extra determination. So we'll see what we can do. But it's it's good to have some things to work on and, and a little bit of scar tissue. It, it can help you in the long run if you use it the right way. No doubt. All right, Coach. Well, we appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend. We'll be talking again soon. 
Yeah, thank you guys, and thanks to everyone that's come out so far. We've had some awesome crowds considering it's early in the year and chilly, but uh, appreciate you all. Man, I was at the the game Friday with uh, the wind <laughs> right. going, yeah. and uh, that was – I'm thinking, yeah, it's like 60 degrees or something. I brought a hoodie. I was freezing my rear end off for that game, Coach, but it was a good one. Yeah, no, it was good that we got it in. Uh, I know Middle Tennessee State canceled their game right away. I'm not sure what others did across the state, but it was wild uh, in the afternoon with the weather, but it cleared up, and us and softball were able to play and both win. So um, that's magic of the turf over here, and uh, hopefully this weekend's a little more pleasant, but it it might be chilly, but, man, the fans have been coming out. It's been impressive. No doubt. All right, Coach, go get them, man. Appreciate you. Thank you all. Take care. Tony Vitello, one more time on your Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Check out Big Orange Phillies in halls, 6625 Materville Pike online at bigorangephillies.com. I like that. Uh, you you had a couple – I think I agreed with Coach on just about all the music takes there. You you fought back on – Oh, Light, Lightfoot. Gordon Lightfoot. That's your jam. Uh, that's, d- d- dude, yeah. I knew you would love that. Yeah. And then Wood, I kind of feel like that's right in our – like. I wanted to ask him, like, you think Tony was all flanneled, ripped jeans out early night? Evidently, I don't even know that one, that song. He's talking bones, them bones. Them bones. I you probably, I probably that? would know it if I heard it. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and pretend like I can make, remotely make anything come Summer out of Lane Staley. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll play it for you at the break. Stay with us. The drive continues. Fan Run Radio. One more segment. Back to wrap things up after this. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Tony Vitello. Bear, what did you learn? Uh, it sounds like the boys had a pretty stiff practice today, I'll tell you that. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I think he's... I think if he wants to... Uh, it's one of the reasons he makes a lot of money. He can, he can get a young man's attention and and get him focused on what they need to be focused on. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he's had to do that. Like I don't think he's had to lay down the law. You know, have the the junks and boys practices stuff the past couple of years. Like uh, he's Those told guys us before, are so self motivated and self start. You know, like Beck and that bunch, and even the crew. Uh, before well he talked about when he first got here they did some of that where they ran some guys off and it was just how hard can we make this who who really wants it but i feel like the past two years especially it's been more like okay the leadership and the culture is established and they win so so darn much that when you do lose it's you just have to say all right guy like it happens let's let's dust ourselves off and go get them and it I might be misreading this, but it felt like from his comments there that it was more of kind of like what we've been talking about even before. It was like, okay, guys, like this, okay, we got new players and it's over. Nobody's taking pity on us. No. And and our standard is very high here, and it's time to start living up to it. The the other thing that really jumped out to me, I was interested if it jumped out to you, was when he was talking about there were a lot of innings that were up for grabs, mm-hmm. and him talking about like it led me to believe he's he's just kind of in that moment that a coach gets in where you're waiting for somebody to to grab a hold of yeah. the position and take it as their own and you know not come off of it. Yeah, and 
it's weird because he's got the two upperclassmen, Booker and Scott, and it's like I don't think he wants to call them out because he still ho- he he knows he's going to need both. He knows he's going to need Scott if for nothing else than his glove. And then he knows, like, he's still holding out hope that Booker is going to turn it on and figure it out and put it all together, whatever cliche you want to use. And then the freshman, it's he knows he can't put too much, he can't demand too much of them too soon. But they are uber, uber talented. So it's like, well, one of you guys, and he only needs one, man, because Dickie and, and Merritt are fine. Yeah. Like, you can you can win games with those guys. But – you got three or four players vying for for that one spot in the outfield, and gets the you get the feeling that he would really like somebody to just emerge. It's very similar to uh, some situations we've we've had uh, mainly in football. Who was it last year or the year before? We just wanted somebody to uh, to assert themselves. It was basketball. It was this whole basketball season. Yeah. And like we were talking about, he knows his infield is fine. He knows his pitching rotation is set. That's going to be fine. But the the outfield is the only missing piece. But it's a big piece. Like you got to have center field, right? You got to have outfielders who can hit. And so where? Because I've I admittedly in in that ends starting this weekend. I've I've kind of just been finishing off basketball season. I haven't followed it or watched. I've listened to a bunch. But so who's playing? Who's playing well, it, where in the outfield? I mean, right it, now? it it changes every game. Um, Merritt has been playing more right field, which is interesting. I, I thought they were bringing. I thought he played left field for Cincinnati, but it seems like he's going to be a right fielder. Um, Dickey was playing center. He DH'd last night. He can play left. I think. I mean, we always knew that uh, Gilbert. I mean, I did. I don't know if anybody realized like how big his shoes. It feel, it feels like Dickey in in center field is a pretty big drop off defensively from Gilbert. I think Christian pretty pretty close as far as fielding. Yeah, and then um, I mean he's he's got a good glove. Let's see. They started Booker in, in left field. Booker's played some in center. I think they. He's he's pretty big in glove. He was zero for five last night, though, man. That's that's so rough. I yeah. He's got to get. I, I really thought he had turned the corner over the weekend. He's got to get his bats. Uh, what is it? Happy. Well, and you heard Rusty earlier really broke it down. Said, yeah, it's zero for five, but he really got into some of those counts, and it's like okay, but at the end of the day, you have to be productive. He's going to get more opportunities this weekend. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not complaining about it if he went, say, two for five, but worked the hell out of the pitcher. I, you know, you, you can't just not get a hit at all. Hunter Inslee has played in center field some. He's more of a natural center fielder, but still figuring things out hitting-wise. <laughs> I mean, uh, at the end of the day, our center fielder is, you know, was a first-round draft pick of the Houston Astros. Dylan Dryling pinch hits and, and gets a hit last night so I think he seems to be the guy the fans want to see who's your pick to click yeah I, I'm throwing it on you pick maybe maybe it's me. just because I got to meet his parents the other night but I, I want Booker, Booker. Ah, I, you're I pulling want the bear on that uh, you yeah, are I am 
I want to see him do well, man. I wonder if I can figure out, like, if I is there a way to find out if if like Cameron Sewell is scheduled to pitch once he gets back? That's I want to go. I want to go watch Sewell pitch. Yeah, I think he's going to be a bullpen guy. Jack of all trades, you know. Love that kid. Might see him pitch in the SEC tournament if you want to go down there and see him start. But that'll be a game by game kind of thing too. And Hoover. All right, thank you to Chloe Levering. Rock. Appreciate the help this afternoon. Thank you, Bear. Thank you, Marcus. I'm Russell Smith. Have a great evening. No show tomorrow. Watch party. Jets Pizza, 3 p.m. Be there, 11-124 Kingston Pike and Farragut. We'll talk to you then.